Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! He hadn't even realized he was doing anything with his hips until she mentioned it. He was rolling them slowly along with her strokes, trying to eke out as much pleasure from each tug of her hand as possible. It felt a thousand times better than when he stroked himself. His wrists were tied over his head to the headboard, just as he'd fantasized about every morning. That morning, it felt like a year ago when he'd woken up in the dark winter dreams. What sort of dreams would he have while a prisoner in this particular female paradise? Oh, hey, Claire. Uh, yeah, I want to get to the part where it says, uh, dancing on his stomach and his cock dripping. <laughs> we'll, we'll say that. We'll say we'll, We're teasing our listeners. Are we cock teasing them? Yeah. Yes. yes. Sorry, this but this time it's all about anticipation. Patient. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello. Hi, this is Fuck, Mary Kill, Lit. I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. This is the podcast where we read two romance novels. Uh, usually a straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. Yes! Uh, this time I accidentally picked two kind of queer ones. Well... Sorry, not sorry. I don't think you have anything to be sorry about. Mm-mm. Well, I think that it follows a little bit with the Choose Your Own Adventures where there's possibilities being endless. Right. One of them I thought was straight uh-huh. and turns out isn't completely straight. And the other one Amazon told me is gay and right. it's not completely well, gay. Well, and usually... Uh, look behind the curtain. Uh, usually we don't uh, talk about the books that we're going to pick previous to us picking them. Uh-huh. Like we sort of hint with each other. We see each other all the time. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. we sort of hint like, I think I'm picking this kind of theme or maybe this, but this one... But it's never like, this is what I'm picking next week. It's like, oh, this is what I'm picking for the future. Right. Kind of thing. Anyway. Right. And, but so for this one, you did check in with me. Mm-hmm. Um... Because it's BDSM. BDSM. And it's all about consent and checking in. It is. But also because you had a you had a feeling that I maybe read one of the books before. Yes. And which is the story of O, which I have read before, but I will also say I read it skimming it. I skimmed I it this this is the I stole it from my mom and skimmed it in the bathroom. Uh, just looking for the dirty parts, and this is not a hard book to just like open up and there's a dirty part. Yeah. So I didn't read the whole thing, but I was very familiar with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But and you asked to see if that was okay first, and then we we went back and forth on whether or not we wanted to do that, and we're like no because for the theme for the what we're doing this is the perfect. Yeah, book. yeah, yeah. So we read uh, Story of Ope by Pauline Rayage, translation by Sabine Destray. And the Chateau by Tiffany Rez. Yeah, I think that's how you say her name. If I'm not saying it correctly, please tell me, anyone. Um, but first, Clea. Yeah. What's got you hot and bothered? Oh, uh, well, I think I've mentioned this before, and forgive me if I have, but you know what? I just love it that much, so I'm just going to say it. We have friends who have a podcast. Yes. And these are dear friends, and their podcast is called Vicious Cycle. Vicious Cycle. Vicious Cycle. 
I'm saying it several times because I want you guys to go listen to it. Mm-hmm. It's a relatively short podcast. Yeah. So it's 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 quick to get into, quick to love. Yeah. And the episodes are about half an hour? Usually about half an hour to 45 minutes. Once a week. And it's all about periods. All about periods. Um, and the people who get them. Yes, and the people who get them. It's it's delightful. These it's are very informative. Uh, three friends who've uh, been doing improv together for years, so they have this great chemistry, mm-hmm. uh, del- and they are super funny. Like this is, um, and I think the the crux of this particular podcast, which is every time I listen to it, it just breaks my heart a little bit more in some ways that how this biological imperative is hidden from us as people. My husband's listening to this podcast too, and I'm Mm -hmm. sure you've had this experience as well, where it's just being constantly surprised at our own bodies. Mm -hmm. And like, oh... And, and like, it almost feels like as if we weren't allowed to know this information, which is true. We've grown up in the United States where uh, all of our textbooks come from Texas... And they're highly conservative, mm-hmm. and we only get an hour uh, to talk about our body parts for sex ed once, and then maybe later, like, had, a little bit more. I had more. Oh, two or three hours? No, um, I had, in fifth and sixth grade, it was, like, a couple hours over two days, or a couple hours, two days, so it was, like, four hours altogether. And then in freshman year of high school, my health class, it was, like, a week Oh. Was about. Have fun. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty, um, I'm, from what I can tell, mine was a lot more comprehensive than most people's in yeah. America. It didn't talk about queer sex or sexuality at all. No. But it was like, hey kids, um, con- uh, abstinence is the only 100% effective way to have sex, but if, or to not get pregnant or get STDs, but if you do decide to have sex, condoms are also very good. <laughs> Wear condoms. Yeah. So that's more than a lot of people got. It's true. But, uh, so they, they researched different parts about periods. Like this, the last ones that I was listening to was all about the tampons. Oh, the yeah. The history they have of a, tampons. Three part series. Three part Two or three part series and on tampons. Uh, edifying it's and interesting. And horrifying. But also, I think uh, one of the best parts, just listening to other people talk about this openly in a way that's not. That is that feels encouraging, yeah. and it's funny, it's informative, it's welcoming, mm-hmm. it's not off-putting. Again, they say bleeders all the time, like like this is for people who have periods, which is delightful. There's none of that language around. This is a podcast for women. It's not that. It's like because of course people who are transitioning mm-hmm. still have their periods, or who are non-binary, or non-binary. So this is important, and mm-hmm. it was, and it's. It's been delightful. Yeah. And I've loved it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's super funny. Anyway, uh, so that's me. Great. Uh, what about you, Neil? What um, got you hot and bothered? So, a bit ago, um, I went to a sing-along at the Castro Theater for the first time, uh-huh. despite the fact that I have lived in San Francisco for almost 15 years. Uh, so, I'd never been. I'd always wanted to go. And then a friend was... Um, moving away and she had never been either so we decided to or I think she had and I had mentioned it and she's like oh let's go so um so we went and saw Mary Poppins which I hadn't seen since I was a kid I forgot how much I love that movie it's so good the um 
drinking room temperature rosé out of a can during it was not <laughs> the best idea. It was free, though, so sure, whatever. Um, but it was so much fun. And uh, I think now I feel prepared to go to the Sound of Music one, because I know that's, like, the big one, because it's also, like, you know, a three-hour movie. Right. They do the intermission there. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. And it just, like, to put a bit of a downer on it, I suppose, like, San Francisco has changed so much since I've been here. It's changed so much so quickly, and in a lot of ways, in ways that I don't appreciate or relate to, or in ways that I feel uh, excluded from, because I don't make a shit ton of money, so, like, a lot of the city isn't for me anymore. But it was nice to know that, like, the Castro Theater is still there, the organist is still there, they still do the sing-alongs, they still do the parade of costumes, and they give you the little goodie bags to, like, you know, we had little crowns and bubbles and, like, glow sticks, and it was a lot of fun. Oh, that sounds delightful. Yeah. Hooray! Yeah. Hooray, hooray! Okay, um, should we get into some books? Yay! Yeah! Story of O by Pauline Royage. Translation by Sabine Destray. The notorious novel of dark obsession. How far will a woman go to express her love? In this exquisite novel of passion and desire, the answer emerges through a daring exploration of the deepest bonds of sensual domination. O is a beautiful Parisian fashion photographer, determined to understand and prove her consuming devotion to her love, Renée, through complete submission to his every whim, his every desire. It is a journey of forbidden, dangerous choices that sweeps her through the secret gardens of the sexual underground. From the inner sanctum of a private club where willing women are schooled in the art of subjugation, to the excruciating embraces of Renée's friend, Sir Stephen, O tests the, out, tests the outermost limits of pleasure. For as O discovers, true freedom, freedom lies in her pure and complete willingness to do anything for love. From the trade paperback edition. So there's that. Yeah, that so, was... But Claire, uh, what really happens? Well, I guess that that's what really happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, this was an interesting read. Okay, one, so this... This book uh, was originally published in 1954. Mm -hmm. So this is not a new book. And this is also a classic book. Like, this has been on bookshelves and in secret back rooms and mm -hmm. then, like, you know. Made into a movie in the 70s. No, oh, it's a great movie, too. It's it's really beautiful, I think. I think I've seen... I mean, it's, it's early. It's early pornography, so it's not, like, it's not, like, the best movie ever, but oh, right, I really right. actually think some of it's kind of good. I've seen some of it, but I was pretty drunk at that point, so I don't think I <laughs> And the... I was at a guy's house with... Uh, he f it's fine. We don't need to talk about it. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I've, I've seen some of the film and I've known of like, this is like a, a quintessential canon BDSM novel. Yes. Um, novel stretches what it is in a lot of ways. Like, so this edition, um, and I don't know like if other editions have more or not, like this edition had a ton of introductions, which I didn't read. I didn't read the introductions. I, in general, don't read introductions in books yeah. until after I've read the book. I read, I think, the translator's introduction, who had this interesting bit about that they're, 
this this version that we read is actually the second English translation. Right. And the translator said that there was another English translation previously, but it wasn't a translation so much as, like, it summarized the story and kind of glossed over things. Yeah. And the translator was like, I bet that's because it was a man. I'm a lady. I'm going to do it right. Yeah, yeah. Also, the 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 big collections of, like, quotes from, fa- or, like, blurbs from famous people supporting it. There's one from J.K. Rowling that uh-huh. actually says nothing. <laughs> it's like, this, like, this novel is the the quintessential novel like this or something like it says absolutely nothing but i just uh, thought that was interesting that is funny i uh i i read some of the translator's introduction and some of the other introductions and honestly uh because this book is wrapped up in lies like <laughs> it's not like it's not just a pen name it was like who knew about who was writing what and, and a like a name of a pen name a pen name of a pen name and there was so much like like the idea of who was writing this and why and then also like even the way the translators one was written it was like she had extra information she wasn't going to tell you but in fact she did know all the information she told you right now but in fact that wasn't true she wasn't going to tell you and I went back and forth like that and I was like I don't even know what you want me to know (laughs) like I'm trying so like I skipped it it was like okay I'm not Mm -hmm. bothering with it um and so even in like the first pages of the book like it starts out in this one way and then it's like but that's not what really happened (laughs) oh yeah because um so we start this out kind of oh and then at the end i apologize i know this is going back and forth but how unlike us at the end of the book it just sort of tells you what two possible endings were Mm -hmm. but it doesn't like go into it and the idea is the next book takes place in where which is the true ending of this book it was almost like the ending was just chopped off and they just made a sequel out of the original ending of the book yeah sort of yeah like there was a note it's like this this alternative ending which has now been repressed like, this and this happens. Right. And it's just, like, a paragraph that tells you what happens. But then the other, like, quote, ending that's in there doesn't finish. It was very unsatisfying. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was very strange. So it's almost, like, and again, that also feels like the lie of the novel. Like, you're supposed to feel like you're reading something seditious. You're supposed to feel like you're, you're doing something dangerous and dirty reading this book. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's wrapped up in that idea you don't know who the real author is. The main character is just referred to as O the whole time uh, for lot, for various reasons, but also because you're not supposed to know who this character even is. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, So you even feel like maybe it's real person. And then it's wrapped up conti- also in like, even the French didn't want to publish it. And they published the Marquis de Sade. And even this last chapter was repressed. And they use the word repressed. Mm -hmm. So it all feels like I don't, like, I, like, this, like, what I really liked about it in that way is, like, I feel the sensuality of this book from the moment I look at it. The story mm-hmm. of O. And we were talking to Christine earlier about the book. She said she really didn't have any idea about it. And, like, the story of O just sounded like the story of orgasm. Or some sort of, like, adult Judy Bloom, which is, like, the discovery of orgasm in some mm-hmm. way. Which I which I absolutely feel like this book is trying to make us do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it wants us to feel those things right away. 
The story of O is immediately sexual from the title, from the get-go, mm-hmm. and it's also immediately dangerous because it's like you're not allowed to be holding the book. Right. And the narrative. It goes from zero to 60 real fast. Right. So the very first thing that's happening in the book is our main character is in is in a car with her lover, and he is taking her to a chateau where sexy things are going to happen to her, and he is cutting off her underwear. Like, immediately. Like, right away. Yeah, There's- it starts with... He, they're at a park, and he's like, get in the car. Yeah. She gets in the car, and then he's like, take off your underwear, lift up your skirt so that your, you know, bare bottom is on the leather of the seat, and like... And from now on, you will never wear underwear. This is the last moment you'll ever wear underwear. That kind of thing. Like, right away, you get a sense of this relationship. She is submissive. He is the master. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that she will be submissive to anybody, which is true. Mm -hmm. So, O is a woman who seems to be in her late 20s. Maybe, maybe early 30s maybe Somewhere maybe not even there. that maybe she's even like even in her mid-20s yeah maybe anyway she's taken to a chateau she is told she is everybody there she's there for training and this training is on how to be a submissive mm-hmm. mostly it's it's not how to be a submissive but it's it's more or less how to it, it, it they break you there you are there. She is beaten. She is mm-hmm. raped. She is um, there is consensual sex. There's non-consensual sex. She's beaten every single night. Uh, she is tied. She's bound. She is gagged. She's thrown in a dungeon at one point where she uh, uh, she must accept uh, lovers of all kinds. She cannot look men in the eye. Mm-hmm. She must look them only in the groin. Her own lover like will come to her often and say how much he loves her and she will reaffirm her love in him. And then he says, if you truly do love me, you will submit. She resubmits herself. Uh, there's, uh, there's other women there who are also submissives in training. Uh, they have to wear... Uh, outfits that just accentuate just the sex parts mm-hmm. and with big flowing skirts and so high high heels whenever a guy says so they can just like lift their skirts and tie them up right so their sex parts are always showing so that they are always made available and the idea- and the guys too the guys walk around with their dicks hanging out right 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 um, and there's valets who mm-hmm. take care of the girls and shepherd them from one spot to another but also beat them in the night mm-hmm uh, Beat them in the nose. Yeah, and then um, uh, and after two weeks of of this training, she mm-hmm. goes back to her life with her lover. They share an apartment in Paris. Um, it's a very chic sounding apartment. It sounds really. She's nice. a chic as fuck person. She is. Well, she's, she's a, a fashion, fashion photographer. photographer. So and they even talk about it up. as being a, as a male profession. And she dr- she used to dress as, as other men would in this mm-hmm. profession. But now because she's come back from this training and she can't wear underwear. And her wardrobe is dictated to her by her lover master. Yeah, Renee. He says that everything has to be... Has to have buttons in the front mm-hmm. so it's easy to get at her body at any time. And she also she... has to wear this ring that shows that she's been through the training. Mm-hmm. And any man who recognizes what that ring symbolizes uh, can have her mm-hmm. whenever they want, wherever mm-hmm. they want. Um, she goes back to her job as a fashion photographer. She's got a crush on uh, one of the models there. Jacqueline. Jacqueline, who's just gorgeous mm-hmm. and very young um and then she has various sexual escapades with uh, men that her lover renee brings to her or she or brings her to them but um 
she is eventually brought to Sir Stephen. Sir Stephen, who's Renee's like half, half brother, brother, but not old. even half. More like he's more like an older like they're mentor. Rela- they're related by marriage. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like step brother almost. Step brother from a previous. It's a whole yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it becomes very clear that Renee is in a sense deeply in love with Sir Stephen. Oh, yeah. And will do anything for him and that uh, O was always intended for Sir Stephen. And that all of this training was in fact meant for him. Mm-hmm. And Renee pretty much just hands her over to Sir Stephen and in a very interesting moment O is like, oh, uh, my lover doesn't actually love me mm-hmm. and never has. Uh, she starts, and Sir Stephen is her master. And Stephen and she have a very complicated, very, mm-hmm. like, uh, violent, but consensual sexual relationship. And she's at his beck and call at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, he also wants her to have sex with other men. And she calls it prostituting her out. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is, too. Yeah. And she likes it. She likes it. Or, you know... We'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. And then um, he, so Sir Stephen and Renee take uh, O and Jacqueline, and Jacqueline's younger sister, um, all on a Natalie. beach. Natalie. all on a beach vacation. Was this before or after Anne-Marie? Oh, it is after. It's Sorry, after I skipped that part. So, um, O needs more training. Sir Stephen decides. Mm-hmm. She is not trained up enough. So he takes her to Madame Anne-Marie, mm-hmm. uh, who will do more training. And body modification. And body modification, where she gets uh, pierced in her labia mm-hmm. with a, a heavy hanging disc. Yes. Which marks her as Sir Stephen's uh, property. She also has his initials branded fire branded onto her buttocks. and even the women at this training center are like ooh that sucks yeah <laughs> yeah um and the thing is and I, I guess we can get into it more but in that situation they're like do you consent to the things we're gonna do without saying specifically what they are yeah and then she says yes and they're like okay great and the piercing is set up in such a way that the only way you can remove it is with a file yeah yeah it's, it's, oh, Christine looks yeah, sad. Yeah, it, it sounded painful as hell. Yeah. Um, so eventually they go on, uh, again, let's, we'll go back and they go, they're on this beach vacation, mm-hmm. which is pretty much the men trying to get, oh, to get, uh, Jacqueline to come and do the training. At the chateau. At the chateau. In Wasi. Um, and either, like, they want her to come voluntarily, but if, if they have to kidnap her, they will. They will. But then it turns out that Natalie, her younger sister, like... Who's a virgin. Who's a virgin, sees O's, like, chains or whatever on her labia. She's like, oh my god, I'm so jealous! And, like, catches on to the whole situation, and Natalie's super into it. Right. And then the book ends. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. There's the whole party with the... With the animal mask. The owl. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Yes, a lot happens in this book. Um, A couple of things I have feelings on. Mm -hmm. Uh, I almost don't... The consent talk is important, 
but it's changed for this. Yeah. Because like, okay, one, oh, oh, it's hard. This is hard. Um, I feel like I'm sounding like a big old prude. Okay, one, this was the most sensual book we've read. Like, in essence, like everything was about feeling, touch, and sensation. Yes. Like there was not a moment, like, like we could when she sits because uh, she's naked from the bottom down on mm -hmm. a um, on a faux fur blanket. Mm -hmm. You feel every little prick of the of the fur, yeah. and, like yeah, on her yeah. lips, and and like uh, the sense the senses of what she feels around mm -hmm. her, and how like the breezes or like how her senses senses are heightened mm -hmm. just in general and because her whole life is about feeling yeah and we see like the narrator is very particular about clothing yeah and like so we we see what everyone is wearing and like what color the rooms are especially at the chateau and we'll see the it's furniture. like the floor is red and then this wall is like black and is like it it paints the picture for you very well. Very vividly. And some of the language is actually really beautiful. I do want to read out, like, uh, we don't normally do this, but I do want to read it out, because uh, it is beautiful because it is so evocative. Every time, when she's taking photographs of Jacqueline, it's gorgeous. You mm -hmm. feel the desire she has for this other mm -hmm. woman, and it is an honest desire. Mm -hmm. This was written by a woman who's bisexual, mm -hmm. and you f honestly feel that. Yeah, like there's no like sense where she's like you had said something before a tourist in a foreign country. Yeah, you didn't feel that at all. This is oh, a person no. who not only she's not a tourist in this culture, mm -hmm. she's absolutely yeah. had some of these things done to her and done to them and mm -hmm. done to other people. Yeah. She's obviously actually had sex with a woman. Yeah, and the thing is, too, that we don't find out that O is attracted to women, also attracted to women, until, like, after she's left Wasi. So, yeah. like, in the second part of the book. And it's not a terribly long book. Um, and then it's just so, like, oh, yeah, O likes to... Uh, Oh, likes to have sex in, with women and kind of be in charge. And yeah. she doesn't, like, tie them up or... She doesn't partake in BDSM with women, but, like, she likes to be the initiator of everything. And it was interesting, too, because she... It's like, she's attracted to women because she thinks that every single woman is more beautiful than she is. Yeah. And she wants to be with them because of that. Yeah. Um, there's also... There's not a lot of... Oh, there's not any... Uh, sex with the same sex person is wrong. There's no... Yeah. There's no sense that the... I am sorry. <laughs> I'm just knocking it. I'm trying hard not to. I'm gesticulating. There is no sense that there's anything shameful in that mm -hmm. kind of romance or that kind of love. There it's is a sense matter that, of fact. Yeah, but there's yeah. a sense that society maybe looks down on it, but also O doesn't want to be a part of society, so she yeah, doesn't really give yeah, a yeah. shit what they think. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good for so, her. And then the other thing that came up, like, which I, I really liked, disliked, liked, uh, the beatings hurt. There's mm -hmm. no, like, it's not like she's hit and she's like, it gave me an orgasm. No. They hurt. Yeah. It's also the feeling afterwards of being alive mm -hmm. and feeling mm -hmm. everything and feeling 
like this love like everything is heightened after this yeah. and yeah. that's the feeling she's craving yeah and that was incredible yeah and honest honest there's a passage where it's like she loved the idea of torture she hated being tortured, but as soon as she was done, she wanted to be tortured again. Right. Kind of thing. And I thought that was really, really well done and yeah. very interesting. And mm-hmm. something that it's not covered in other books where there's been little slaps or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where it's just like, he slapped me on the butt and I loved it. Do it more. And it was like, uh, but this one's like, he slapped me on the butt. Didn't like it. But now I want you to do it again because I like the feeling afterwards. He, he hit me with a cane and I'm tied up so I can't do anything about it. And then afterwards, I felt real good about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so it was interesting. And again, the language is great. One of the things that was a theme and a thread through the book that was just incredible, it goes from her name to everything, is that part of what she loves about this is it makes her a Mm non-person. Like, there was a nullification of herself as a human being during this, which she liked. Mm -hmm. And it was something that she craved and wanted that... Um, that when she she loved being silent and being told to be silent because the, she just felt herself disappearing, mm-hmm. and even down to her name O, you know, which looks like a zero, which is O, which is nothing, which is also orgasm, which is also orifice, which is also like a hole, like mm-hmm. that she object, which is also object. So she is all of those things. Mm-hmm. She is the object. She's a. She's just a, a hole. She's also like an orgasm. She is all of those things and none of those things. And that, like that kind of contradictory thinking, like I am nothing. Just that sentence. If we take that apart, you mm-hmm. can't to be something to be nothing at the same time. Was throughout this book. Yeah. And that was brilliant mm-hmm. and just a literary triumph yeah yeah like, yeah like it's gorgeous and which leads to the end the 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 real ending of this book and i believe this is a real ending sir stephen has done what renee does which is uh push her away and try to give her away and she can't stand it she didn't want she hated it when it happened with renee she doesn't want it to happen with sir stephen who she's also in love with now so she asks for permission to commit suicide rather than be given away again and he grants her permission and that's where the book ends you don't know if she actually kills herself or anything he grants her that permission and i think a lot of readers and other reviewers were surprised but i feel that throughout the book Mm, that there's mm -hmm. like that not presence of suicidal ideations but like that sense of nothingness right right and it's she wanted to belong to someone and at the beginning of the book, she wants to belong to Renee. She's in love with him, and therefore she feels that she belongs to him. And then she discovers that she really ever belonged to Sir Stephen, because that's, like, the relationship that Renee and Sir Stephen had. And I thought there was this really interesting... There were a couple paragraphs, or, like, over the course of a few evenings, where Renee, or O, was kind of like, well... I don't know, like, Sir Stephen is a different... He's a different kind of mm-hmm. master to her. And he says that he doesn't love her and that he's never going to. But then she's like, I have power over him because I can make him love me. Mm-hmm. And she does. He ends up loving her and then she discovers that she's fallen out of love with Renee and is in love with Sir Stephen. So she belongs to him now, but then to, like, not belong to them. Yeah. She doesn't want to be anymore. Yeah, I think, it, like, 
I think some people maybe go into this book and they use it as a template for what BDSM is. And I think that's probably one completely unfair Mm -mm. um, and not true. But also like what this does show is the vulnerability a submissive has Mm -hmm. when they put themselves in the hands of another person in this fantasy uh, and how important it is to care, to take care. Because, I mean, to give up your life completely like that and how much danger O is always in. Mm-hmm. And, like, her feelings, her body, her life. Like, it's incredible. And she sees that in Jacqueline when they want to bring Jacqueline to the chateau. And she at once doesn't want that because she, she recognizes how awful this can be. But she also does want that because she's attracted to Jacqueline and she wants to see her. She wants to see the welts on her body, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me just read this one section. And yet nothing has been such a comfort to her as the silence, unless it was the chains, the chains and the silence, which should have bound her deep within herself, which should have smothered her, strangled her, on the contrary, freed her from herself. What would have become her if she had been granted the right to speak and the freedom of her hands, if she had been free to make a choice, when her lover prostituted her, prostituted her before his own eyes true she did speak as she was being tortured but can moans and cries be classified as words besides they often stilled her by gagging beneath the gazes beneath the hands beneath the sexes that fulfilled her the whips that rent her she lost herself in a delirious absence from herself which restored her to love and perhaps brought her to the edge of death she was anyone, anyone at all, any one of the other girls, open and forced like her, girls whom she saw being opened and forced, for she, like her, girls whom she saw being, oh, so for she did see it, even when she was not obliged to have a hand in it. <sighs> I mean, it's dark, and it it's is. like, it's, it was a hard read in some ways because mm-hmm. of that. It was sexy. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was turned on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Be- Two, it, like, we don't find out that this is what O is into right away. Like, the the first night that she's at Wasi yeah. and gets raped by four men at once. It feels completely non-consensual. And you're just like, oh, God. And then you, like, in reading, you're like, she, like... She is into this. Right. Okay. Okay. And then, okay. like, she met, she, like, before Renee, she's had other lovers and other experiences. And when mm-hmm. she met Renee, she was, like, 100% into him. And they had a submissive dominant relationship right away. Mm-hmm. And she was right away into it. And right away, he was, like, I, and I get the feeling, even though they don't talk about it, it's not, I shouldn't say, because, you know, if they don't say it in the book, it didn't happen, really. But that there was a conversation, and she consented to go here. Mm-hmm. And the question was, do you consent to everything and anything, no matter what? And she said yes. Yeah. Yeah. And th- there were, other like, several times, and, you know, w- what she was explicitly consenting to and what actually happened weren't necessarily the same thing. Right. But there were... So especially Sir Stephen was like, I want you to say that you agree to this. And yeah, Sir Stephen checked in all the time. Yeah. Like, he was always like, is this what you want? Is this okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, and there was definitely a sense, like, because it's dangerous to say 
that just by saying yes you consent mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's not always true especially when you're in power like power situations where somebody is more powerful than you are in every way and you love them and what happens when you say no do they go away do you lose certain things that you truly wanted and it's difficult upsetting hard so like how much choice did she actually have mm-hmm. and when you give up choice like how much choice do you have later when you're given it again I don't know like and I feel like I'm not qualified to yeah and this this book makes me feel unqualified to talk about right. a lot of things but this is also like varsity level like this if if you are looking for a novel to give you an idea of a good way to introduce yourself to PD- BDSM, this is not it. No, this is a fantasy novel. This is like it's really important to, to underline. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a fantasy novel. Um, and, or, I mean, and the things that annoyed me and have always annoyed me about books like this is the, the drama of the ritual. Mm. <laughs> like, and then we put on this dress, and this dress has to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. We walk silently. We have to walk this way. Certain rules have to... Like, it's just, like, the ritual drama is, like, like what is, you bore me. Right. But for this book, um, especially after acts of, like, consensual sexy violence... He's, uh, quoting lots of air quotes there. Yeah. Um, the, the... There were times where it's, like... O looked upon him as someone would on their god. Yeah. There there was a lot of religious language into it that I think um, lent itself to the ritual aspect of it. And I know that in... As someone who... is not part of the BDSM community, but being gay, there's like... I've heard a whole bunch. So that's the standpoint I'm speaking from. So forgive me if I misspeak. But... It's, from what I can tell, in the BDSM community, there is, um, there is some weight given to ritual, because Mm -hmm. it's like, one, it's so like, okay, everyone knows this is gonna happen, then this is gonna happen, then this is gonna happen, then this is gonna happen. So it's like, letting you know, giving you a sense of what's gonna happen so you can actually agree to it. Right, but also so, like, you get in the mood. Right. But then also, like... I know that there are people who are just, like, very, like, very specific articles of clothing, very specific position, like, very specific things are what they like most. Yeah. So it makes sense to me that, like, oh, they have to wear these, like, the at, at Wasi, the women have to wear long flowing skirts and they, with, like, the bustiers and this very specific shoes because, like... It accentuates their femininity, but then also makes their bodies easily accessible right, and displays, to the men. And displays the sex organs. And also, like, takes away a lot of, like, importantly for the fantasy, not important as humans, important for the fantasy takes away their humanity. Mm-hmm. That they are all the same, that there is a uniform, that they are all the same girl, that that's unimportant. They are sex mm-hmm. objects. They are sex objects. Right. And that is part of the fantasy. It is, I feel like, even, like, this is also, like, one of the most interesting parts about this book is that we get inside the head of all three of the women. 
Like you, like even Natalie for a small moment. Yeah, we you know, get it. We know more about Jacqueline than we know about anyone else in the book. Oh, I know. You hear all about Jacqueline's family and where she's from, and why she's kind of selfish. Oh, she's super selfish. But um, you get in their heads. You get their perspective. Mm-hmm. The men, you do not get the male perspective. That's true. But it, these are all male fantasies. These are not. The women don't drive the fantasies. Uh, except for, oh, once in a while with Jacqueline when she's having sex with Jacqueline. Yeah. Because then she's the dominant one. But, like, uh, like, it's just, like, it's, there's no sense of O's pleasure. There's no sense of, like, what O wants. And even, like, there's an, an early part where, um, Renee goes down on O and she's like, I don't normally like that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I guess we're doing this. Yeah. There were, I think there were there were a lot of moments where like when during the transition between like Renee and Sir Stephen that Renee would sort of be there watching while Sir Stephen would start doing things to her and they would feel good and then she'd be like oh am I betraying Renee if I like moan while yeah. he fingers me kind of thing. And yeah. But the, there was never any like you know like, it was just, uh, it's what the master wants first mm-hmm. versus whatever, like, oh, might want included in this. But, like, I, and that's, I guess, not a fair, and I, I don't mean it to be a critique. It's just something I read into it as a novice mm-hmm. into this. Yeah. Um, again, not a critique, not, like, not even, like, a good stable foundation for, like, making an essay on. I'm just saying, like, this is what it felt like when I was reading it. Which, again, like, this book was about dehumanizing O. Mm-hmm. Like, from the beginning. Like, right. O wanted that. O was being dehumanized. That was ma- that was O's main want. Mm-hmm. And so it was difficult as somebody who likes humanizing people. Yeah. To read, e- even if that's what she wanted. Mm-hmm. Even, as, even knowing that that's what her ultimate want was. It was difficult reading that. Right. Yeah. So, like, so there was some of that. And, like, uh, the two different training places, the Chateau, which was male-driven, and Mm -hmm. it was, like, all of the men were the ones who were dictating the program, versus the one at Amory's, where she was dictating the program, Mm -hmm. and it was all girls. And that that one was actually much more about, like, we do was ritualized as well. We do this at this time. We do this at this time. Yeah, and this has yeah, to happen. Yeah, yeah. But also, there was allowed to giggle. Yeah, they were, <laughs> we're allowed to talk to each other. We're allowed to tell and, jokes. Yeah, we eat food we like. But then also, <laughs> um, Anne Marie had this moment where she's like, "Guys think they know how to dominate women." <laughs> no. Right. So I expected this to be highly problematic, but it was nuanced. And while, like, I personally wouldn't want to be in all of these situations and can't, like, yeah, but it was, it was nuanced in a way that I'm like, okay, like, I, I get it and I'm, I'm happy to have read this, but I think I'm I'm good for a while. Yeah, it was, it was erotica. It was, Mm -hmm. um, it was highly sensual. Mm-hmm. and sensuous mm-hmm. like it was totally sexy at times there was I'm not gonna lie there was some things that totally turned me on 
Uh, and That's okay. I d- I'm not okay. apologizing for it. You sounded surprised, but I guess I guess one could be. Um, I know, and I, I'm not apologizing for it. I think you and I don't talk about our own fantasy lives all that often. Like a little bit, Mm-mm. we kind of like peek into it now yeah. and again, and we've we've sort of like in the hot and bothered sort of mentioned it every once in a while. But in general, you and I don't. So I don't mean to say I'm not going to lie like I'm apologizing for it. It's just like, hi, me saying this into a microphone where people listen, I'm going to say talk about something that actually turned me on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I enjoyed, um, first of all, the language was wonderful. It was, even if, like, I was reading a passage that what was happening wasn't particularly interesting, the language was really great. It was poetic at times. The right? euphemisms for body parts were great <laughs> some of them were a little bit more honest than in the most books we've read mm-hmm. and some of them it was like they kept referring to bellies but that for, absolutely meant for vagina the whole area down there yeah they like, so kept saying look at her belly i'm like why oh, well, oh yes. <laughs> but there was one point with her <laughs> what's with her belly button what's happening with her belly button nothing it's lower claire <laughs> her her uh first night at wasi um when she like she's tied to a post and then four guys are like let's have at it and one guy fucks her in the ass but like it's described as and one seemed to prefer the thing that men and women have in common and I just thought that was a fun way to say asshole. <laughs> and then it's like... Um, oh, but she had to wear that butt plug for like a week. Yeah. But not constantly. I think no. it was just like overnight. No, because they moved it out to put in a bigger one. Right, but she didn't wear it she, all day. She no. wore it for several hours, and then the next day they put in a bigger one. Yeah. Yeah. But they would say like the cleft between her legs and like yeah. the cleft from behind. Yeah, yeah. The it cleft. Was, it was... It was fun yeah yeah in a way it was and then just like when we did get into her brain and just like finally hear her thoughts about what was going on it was really interesting it was and it felt very genuine Mm -hmm. in a way yeah and i would have to say like if we did explore further and all the way through the end and like to her suicide like I don't think it would feel like that this is a book that's saying if you like this kind of stuff you should kill yourself yeah. or this is the only outcome to people who like this. Yeah. I don't think that's what this book was saying that this was the story of this particular person who was going through these particular circumstances. Mm-hmm. And Also, it's French so like moralism isn't as much as a, of a problem as it right. is for like well, American and English writing. Well, and it also does follow like the Marquis de Sade and I don't know if you've ever read any I'm of not. that. Uh, I read, I bought that book and I've read some of it. It is not a pleasant read. Um, it is not sexy. Uh, it is horrific at times and it's supposed to be. And the ending of that is like, I mean, Marquis, the Marquis point is very much, there's always more. There's Mm -hmm. always worse. There's Mm -hmm. always harder. There's always bloodier. There's always worse that in the end, there is nothing but your own death. Mm. (laughs) Um, not meaning that you should kill yourself, but meaning like, like, if you want to read something where we go all the way, this is what that fucking looks like. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's, woof, 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 woof. And that's what she was writing. Uh, like that's the writer of this book was given that as a template, Mm -hmm. like no, by her lover who said nobody else could write a book like this but a woman could not write a book like this and she's like 
Checkmate, mm-hmm. bro. Yeah. I'm going to write one that can actually sell. Because <laughs> <laughs> anybody who buys, you know, how many ever days of Sodom, like, you can only, like, read so much of that if you're just in it for the curiosity before you stop reading because you don't want to read about baby rape. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. We got to talk about it. If we're bringing up this stuff sometimes. Uh, he gets dark. But he wrote it in a prison cell and he was going to be, you know. And there was death all around him. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so, so that was that. the story of O. Yeah. Oof. All right, so we're going to get to the next book. But first... We're going to talk about a network of podcasts that we enjoy. Yes, our friends have a network of podcasts called Let Me Listen Podcasts, and we think they're great and funny. You'll find such wonderful uh, comedy podcasts on them as a Narrative Comedy Brawl, Let Me Finish, and Ooh. yes, Classic Comedy Review Show, Late Seating. Ah. Um, also, I highly recommend a podcast I took part in one time that Bragging was super fun. much? Fact. Um, it's an improvisational horror comedy serial, American Monsters, and How to Destroy Them. Oh, that's an important life lessons. Fact. So where can we find all of these wonderful podcasts? Well, you can find them in all the usual places, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You can also go to their website, lemmelistenpodcast.com. Great. Let's do it right now. No, first we're going to talk about the other book, and then go, go find their podcast. These are the things we're doing. Yeah. All right. Uh, Next book? Yeah. <laughs> uh, listeners, just peek behind the curtain. Uh, we take a little break between books. And Christy just turned to us and asked, is the next one more lighthearted? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, let's find out. Okay. Let's talk about The Chateau, an erotic thriller. It's part of the original se- Sinners series. And this is by Tiffany Reyes. Again, please call us and correct us that we're wrong. We're not giving you our phone number, so good luck with that. (laughs) As the jack of all wicked trades for a secretive French military intelligence agency, Lieutenant Kingsley... Oh no, French last name. uh, Has done it all. Spied, lied, and killed under orders. No, 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 Neil. Don't tell me what it is yet. But his latest assignment is quite out of the ordinary. His commanding officer's nephew has disappeared inside a sex cult, and Kingsley has been tasked with bringing him home safely. The cult's holy book is the story of O, the infamous French novel of extreme sadomasochism. Their chateau is is a looking glass world where women reign and men are willing slaves. Or are they willing? It's Kingsley's mission to find out. Once inside the chateau, however, Kingsley quickly falls under the spell cast by the enigmatic Madame, a woman of wisdom, power, and beauty. She offers Kingsley the one thing he's always wanted, but the price? Giving up forever the only person he's ever loved. Bum, bum, bum. Bum. Um... So, so th- Neil, what happened? I think... You can also try to pronounce his name if you want. I think it's... I didn't... I never saw that in the book. I think it said it twice. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I think it's Boissonol. Oh, it's so long. There's so many letters. I know. They're a lot, it's French. They're extra letters that anyway. you don't need. Um, 
What happens? So what happens? So I think this is a prequel hmm. to the original Sinner series, if I took in correctly the, like, bits that I read. Um, this, the original Sinners series was recommended by a friend of the podcast, but both of those books are over 400 pages, so it's like, we're not reading those. So I looked for something else by the same author, who is well-known for, I'm, just, I'm assuming well-known for BDSM romance novels. So, that's why we're here. Anyway, okay, so... It's, um, 1989. Bum, bum, bum. Paris. No cell phones, friends. No, no cell phones. phones. Uh, and Kingsley is part of an intelligence organization for the French government. He is on medical leave from an assignment that he just did in the Swiss Alps. Mm-hmm. So, basically, they, the government has put him up in this apartment where he has to pretend to be an American writer who's going through a Hemingway phase. And he basically just, like, gets drunk and fucks someone new every night. Yeah. He, like, takes a new girl home every night. Yep. Mostly college girls. Yeah, and he's French, but he grew up a little bit in America. I think his mom was American. Something like that. He went to school there, I Mm -hmm. think. I don't... Anyway. So he he speaks French and English fluently, so he's able to... um, You're also finally getting a book with spies. Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> yes! Uh, so he's able to put on accents. Um, the first thing I just have to bring up, he um, has this woman who comes in to clean, and he basically has been trying to uh, shock her with the fact that he has, like, two empty wine glasses in his bedroom every morning, and she's just completely not impressed and she says, I personally thanked a whole platoon of Patton's boys at the Liberation in 45. You'll have to do more than five girls a week to impress me, little boy. <laughs> so she's the best. She never comes back, and it makes yeah, me that, sad. Yeah, that's all we ever hear from her. Yeah, but she's great. Anyway, so he gets visited by uh, Bernie, I think is his name. Yeah, it's like a messenger from his spy agency. With a dossier being like, okay, well, here's your next assignment. And he's like, I'm not off a of medical leave. They said I wouldn't get an assignment for another, like, six weeks or something. And Bernie's like, well... So there's this woman, Madame, who owns a chateau where apparently high-ranking men in various government bodies, fields men of high society will disappear for like a week or two at a time and then show up again and be like, oh, I don't know. Show up to their wives and children and be like, I don't, I don't know where I was. So they've, the agency has deduced that they end up with this woman, Madame. They don't know who she is. They don't know where the chateau is. And a young man has been kidnapped and is being held there against his will. And it turns out that it's the colonel's nephew, Leon. Um, So Kingsley has to go and basically infiltrate the household to rescue Leon. So, um, he is given a phone number and told to call that number from a public phone. So he does that, and he speaks to Madame, and is given, he's given the password looking glass, and she's like, 
she asks him a few questions and she's like, okay, great. I'll call you back. Bye. And hangs up. And he's like, um, okay. So he waits in the phone booth for like six hours because he doesn't know when she's going to call back. And if he misses the phone call, he knows he's never going to get in. While he's there, a beautiful young woman shows up named, uh, oh, he doesn't know her name. He doesn't find out her name. Um, but she has a beauty mark on her chin and he's like, oh, I love your beauty mark. And she's like, oh, actually, it's a tick. His name is George. <laughs> so they have a joke about how her beauty mark is, is a tick named George. And they sort of flirt. And she's like, hey, do you want to come get coffee with me? And he's like, oh, this is the most beautiful girl I have ever seen. I really want to bang her. But this is work. I guess this one time I'll put work first. So he just stays in the phone booth. And then he does get a phone call back. And is told to go to a hotel to wait for madame blah 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 stuff happens she puts a knife to his throat and he's like that's fine and she's like hmm you've served someone before haven't you and he's like um yeah I don't want to talk about it also there was a dream where there was a boy in winter they played chess the boy had silver hair and a heart of ice and blah 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 and over the course of the book we find out that when um Kingsley was in school he fell in love with this boy Marcus who was very dominant and, like, cruel. Yeah. Kind of awful. Um, that Kingsley was in love with him, so he was totally into it. Right, but yeah, and Kingsley keeps having dreams about him because he misses him and loves him. But, I mean, it also... I mean, the things we find out are... I mean, if you don't mind. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the things we find out, like, in this... Like, when he was a schoolboy, he and this other schoolboy had met and fallen in love. This other boy was older than him. When that boy graduated, he became a teacher there. Even though Kingsley himself was still a student, it sounds like. Because then that boy marries Kingsley's sister. That's right. And, um, and that boy, who's now a man, and Kingsley continue to have their affair, their sadomasochist, like... Uh, master servant sort of affair and Kingsley's sister walks in on them mm-hmm. and then she is so disturbed and upset by this she commits suicide uh, and then our, our man Kingsley is like oh maybe this has gone too far and he leaves his lover and he go, he moves right. back to France right and we find <laughs> and Christine's, joins the army Christine's face during this episode has been great um and we also find out that when they were in school that Marcus would, like, make him sleep on the floor in a shed and, like, in the dead of winter. And I'm assuming the East Coast. I think they were in, like, Maine or something. Yeah, they were in Maine. So it was freezing and he, like, the first time they had sex, Marcus took him out into a forest and then, like, tackled him and, like, pinned him to the ground and just fucked him there and... So yeah, it was pretty awful. Um, but he Kingsley like can't let go. He still dreams about Marcus and it's like, I know it was terrible, but I'm still in love with him and blah blah blah. So uh he meets Madame who um right away she's like, You're not allowed to speak unless spoken to when they're in the hotel. So that happens. And then they get into a car to go to her chateau. She puts a blindfold on him and she says, you can speak freely when you're blindfolded. And then they get there and then he never gets in trouble for speaking out of turn ever again. Okay, he never gets in trouble. (laughs) No, this is important. Um, Because 
all of the things that happen in this, like, he's told to do things, and he does them, but they're all things, like, one, he was obviously willing to do anyway. Yeah. They are rarely extreme, really. <laughs> Except towards the end. Well, even that one. I mean, I guess it's coming off of the story of Owen, Yeah, 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 where it's yeah, like, yeah. Where she was, like, beaten bloody, and she's, like, dripping with blood, and in this one, he, was, he sounded more like he got smacked around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so like um yeah like and i never felt this and honestly like so he comes into this to to be a servant mm-hmm. but it honestly felt like he was being served the whole time right this is pretty also he said right away why he was there and madame was like that's cute come on over yeah and he meets leon and leon's like no i love it being here i love it it's the best um the first night that he's there, he meets Polly, mm-hmm. who's Canadian and buxom and great. Yeah, this had a... Okay, so, and these two have sex. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's great for lots of reasons. One, lube. Lube. Generous, generous amounts of lube. Lots of lube. Uh-huh. Two, oh, she has sex with him. Yep. She... This is the first book we've read where the lady... There's pegging. There's the lady pegs the guy. She pulls out five dildos and she's like, pick pick which one you want me to fuck you with. Mm-hmm. So he does. And, you know, he has been, obviously he's been with Marcus. It's alluded to that he's been with other men. Mm-hmm. But those were probably just one night stands. Right. Um, and, and then maybe every once in a while he let a lady do something similar. Yeah. But. but in this book, it seems that he was only attracted to women except Marcus. Right. So who knows? Um, so then Polly's like, Sure, great. She ties him up. She fucks him. That's great. Well, no, I like that because she, uh, she uh, butt plug during regular sex to yeah, prep yeah, yeah. him for when she's going to Yeah, 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 yeah. So. And this book talks a lot about how um, vaginal intercourse doesn't always work for some ladies. Yes, that, that's right. Because it like, doesn't work for Polly. Polly's yeah. like, uh, you know, that never gets me off, so I don't like doing it. Yeah. So, no, you can't come inside me because you're not even coming inside me. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> this book also talks about how uh, women get pregnant. Yep. No one in Story of O got pregnant, not even once. No. Even though she got fucked, like, at least three times a day. Yeah. Bare. Yeah, no, in this one it was like, yeah, sometimes babies happen and sometimes we keep them. <laughs> <laughs> and we raise them at the chateau. Um uh, there was the baby Jacques uh-huh. that Kingsley was like, oh my god, baby. Yeah, there was like, uh, there was, uh, th- yeah, there was a scenes where men, where a man was totally into being a dad and wanted, like, it was like, oh, this is pleasant. In fact, Madame uses that Jacques against him against him to like get which. So the sh- Madame says at the beginning, so Madame says at the beginning, the only way to win is to play the game. And so this is sort of set up, and she she tells him some stuff about like how the chateau started that, um, something, and then Polly like extrapol or like expands upon that that it used to belong to her husband, and that when he was in charge, there were men and women there who served, and then also men and women who were served, and then he married Madame, and she staged a coup and kicked him out, and then it was like. Only men serving women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kingsley said something like, oh, should you be telling this to someone you don't know? And then Polly's like, how do you know I didn't make it up? Mm-hmm. So, right, I, I feel this could have been developed better. 
And it, it worked out pretty well at the end. But I feel like it could have been developed better that we couldn't trust what anyone was saying. Yeah. Because, but, I mean, like, this is, he's a spy. This is supposed to be intrigue. But to me, there wasn't a lot of intrigue. There was almost no intrigue, actually. Yeah, no, he there finds was, Leon yeah, halfway through, yeah, and Leon's like, "No, I love it here." And he's like, "Okay." And there's actually adult. a lot of truth telling in this book. Like yeah. they, they say, like, "Well, I told a big lie." The big lie was that it's quite possible the story of O is based on uh, this Madame. Right, <laughs> and then also they say, like, "Oh, this cult loves story of O." The the book was mentioned, and Kingsley had a copy. And the the chateau is. The chateau. Right. But other than that, I expected it to be more. Yeah. I expected there to be a direct character. I was wondering, is Madame Jacqueline or Natalie? Or Natalie. Yeah, I yeah. thought she was going to be Natalie. Mm, makes sense. She could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, because it says that it's a cult that worships the book. But obviously this cult does not worship this book. And obviously it's not a cult. Well, obviously, one, not a cult. It's a commune. Two, doesn't... Yes, it is. And he mentions that, too. He's yeah. like, it's not a cult. It's a commune. But two, uh, they don't worship the story of O because uh, they do nothing like they do in the book. No. They're, no. They're all about aftercare. Aftercare, uh, pre-consent. Pre-consent for aftercare. everything. Aftercare. Because after Polly fucks him, she's like, okay, let's cuddle in bed. Oh, she she fucks him until he comes and she says, let me know when you want me to pull out. Then they ba- they bathe, they, they clean themselves, and then they kind of like cuddle up and... Yeah, yeah, lots of aftercare, which is very important. Yeah, and the only time we don't know specifically, like in, in the story of O, where we have to like consent to whatever's going to happen... Um, the only time that happens in this book is with Madame, because Madame says, okay, if you want to spend the night with me, you have to consent to whatever I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Including possibly an up to killing you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, cool, I guess I'll do that. Right. And, I'm aroused. And she she does beat the hell out of him. There's a couple of hours of flogging. That's what I was, And it's Yeah, yeah and on, honest to God, but like it doesn't break the skin that we're told. Right, because it, she uses... Um, a writing crop, a flexible writing crop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, a, there's a pole, I think, at one point. But it, and it's ours, like, and it's not pleasant. He himself says it's not pleasant, but we right. don't get into it too much. Um, but it doesn't break the skin, Mm-mm. and which is all fine. But he expects that this is the worst that's going to happen. But the manipulation that Madame is into is emotional manipulation. Is, yeah, is emotional and mental. It's crazy pants. Okay, so. The, I think it's the night that he's with Polly. He goes and explores... Because there's the old section of the chateau and the new section of the chateau. And he's there in winter. And in the winter, they only stay in the new section because the old section is so hard to keep warm in the winter. Mm-hmm. So he sneaks away into the old section of the chateau, finds a secret underground dungeon, and then attached to that dungeon finds a room in which there's a mattress with blood stains all over it. And carved into the walls is the phrase over and over and over again, I detest my husband. Right, but also it says... And then on the ceiling, I don't know how she managed this, on the ceiling it says, I don't like this, I want to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Christine's Christine's face is amazing. And I just, I 
imagine in in French it's je déteste mon mari, which is just like a fun word, a fun thing to say. Anyway, so then he's like, ooh, things yeah. are going down he here. Pre- he pretty much says, oh, my heart on is gone. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> ooh, this is awful. <laughs> this isn't actually nice. <laughs> and then over the next couple of days, they're kept being like, oh, you're perfect for Colette. Colette's gonna love you. Everything's great. By the way, you're getting married. By the way, it's like a fake marriage. We've brought back midwinter. So we do this like pagan ritual where we have like a midwinter king and queen and they have a fake marriage, but then they consummate the marriage and that part's real. So just be aware. And he's like, And Colette's a virgin. And he's like, oh, I get to have sex with a lady? Sure. Yes, I'm on board. And then it turns out Colette is the lady, the young woman from the phone booth. Yeah, she's oh, got the, the, the mole. And he's George. like, totes in love with her. And he's she's like, in completely her. in love with him. And so they go to consummate the relationship. Madame watches to uh-huh. make sure that and he... And is a little helpful. And is a little helpful to make sure that he is respectful of her. And he says something like, do you really need to be here? And she says something like, out there in the world, women aren't always treated with respect. And I think it is important for every woman the first time that she has sex to be treated with respect. So I make sure that that happens here. Right. And she also says, like, yes, even though she's a virgin technically, in the sense that we think of virgin virginity as, like, male penetration of the vagina mm-hmm. with his penis, she's had... She's used a dildo before. She's used And had other sexual interactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this isn't her first sexual interaction. This is just her first time having... there's going to be having... no breaking of a hymen yeah, or anything. Yeah, this is the first time having an actual penis inside of her. So they they get down. They have a lovely time. Oh, yeah. They're both into it. The, the number thing was super dumb. He's like, I'm going to give you a magic number. Six? Or like eight? <laughs> it's some a, random it's number. It's like five or something. And he's yeah. like... I'm he, basically he's like I'm gonna tease you. You're at a one right now. I'm gonna tease you until you get to eight, six, whatever the dumb like, number is. Well, we're not gonna have sex right I'm away. Gonna... I'm gonna only really have sex with you. Right, like, right, right. But what I also appreciated, so like he gets her all revved up. There's all this anticipation, like with the numbers bullshit game, and he's like, I will only penetrate you when you're at your 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 most ready. And she's like, no, no. And he's like, yeah, I sense that. Let's do this. And he penetrates her. And she's like, um. Not really feeling this. And she's like, "Oh, um, cool. Uh, 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 let's try a new position." So then they have to rearrange, and he's yeah, like, "This," and she's and like, that doesn't really um, work out. And then I'm Madame's more. like, "Her on top," and they're like, "Okay," and then it works out. Or like, she ends up on her side. Well, no, she yeah, she's on top at first, and she's like, "Well, this is nice, but I don't know if I want to do this." And like, they neither of them feel in control, and mm-hmm. then it's almost yeah, and then it's like on the side, and it's like, "Oh, here we go, here we go." Yeah. So like, it was so funny because it wasn't like what I really liked about it it wasn't the magic sex we read right, all the time where yeah. it's like as soon as the dick goes in it's like Whoa! it wasn't any of that bullshit it was like Listeners it, Claire's hands fanned out from her vagina as if a divine light were glowing from it right no it was absolutely let's try this you know that's not working for me yeah <laughs> and like mm, an open conversation kind of, between the two of right. them right and acknowledging that not every two random people, their genitals just, like, fit perfectly right away right. to begin with. So, but no, also, you have to, like, figure things out 
try different positions, different speeds, different, you know. But also the criticism of it not going well isn't criticism of the human being who's doing it. No. It's not like, oh, this isn't working for me. It's not like the guy's like, well, whatever. It's like, oh, okay, well, then I guess we'll move. We'll try something else. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is nice. (laughs) I'm like that fireman. I know more than one position. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so they they have a lovely time. He's given a cup of sh- a glass of champagne, and then he falls asleep. He's he's drugged. He's oh, been yeah. drugged. He's been drugged. He wakes up. He uh, wakes up back, back in, in his apartment hotel. in Paris. Oh, the hotel. That's right, the hotel where um, he met Madame. And basically, the colonel's like, "Dude, bro, you didn't get what you needed." And he's like, "Leon's fine. He's an adult. He's not in danger." I talked to him. He wants to be there. They're not breaking any laws. And then the other agent who tried to get into was, like, being an idiot. And then Kingsley punched him in the face. That was fun. Um, and then Kingsley sort of, like, toodles about for a bit. And then he, several months later... Oh, he... They send him to New York on an assignment. And he's uh, in a dumb sub relationship with this other woman. But he's the dumb and she's the sub. And then he gets brought back to Paris. Or, like, he finishes. They're like, you're done. Come back to Paris. So it's been six, seven months, so he calls Madame again because he's still kind of like, it's in the back of his head that he's like hung up on the the chateau and a lot of the conversations that he had with Madame were about Marcus. Um, and basically she... And he's still dreaming about Marcus. That's what he yeah, thinks about. Yeah, she, she And she says, like, she likes to know what people are afraid of so that she can use that against them. Mm -hmm. And so, but he ends up going back to the chateau and he's like, Oh, is Colette here? Oh, uh, he sees Polly. Polly slips him a note. That's like, when you can come see Colette. And apparently Colette's been mooning over him all this time. And and Madame's like, you've forgotten about her, haven't you? And he's like, no, a little bit. But, I, but he, he kept thinking about Madame mm-hmm. as opposed to Colette, which I thought was interesting. Um, so then Madame flogs the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, which he wants. He wanted which she wanted. He's yeah, like yeah, yeah. soups excited about yeah, it. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, yeah, very the, much like, she's like, this is what I'm going to do. And he's like, yeah, let me put my hands in these things. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, happen. A little, a little tighter, please. Like, like there's a scene where she's, she's flogging him. He's on his stomach and she's flogging him. And he's just like, like, he's uncomfortable because his, he's lying on top of his dick, which is so hard. Yeah. He's just like, like, oh, God, I gotta get off. He's like, please, please touch me. Please make me come. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Um, so finally, they she falls asleep. He rushes to Colette's room. Turns out she's pregnant. He's gotten her. Well, she's pregnant. He thinks it's, he's convinced it's her. It's his. It's like, Ugh. And then Madame shows up and she's like, no, you have to go now. Come with me. It's like, but, oh, God, okay. So then he's like, is it mine? Is it mine? I know it's mine. And then she holds up two envelopes, one with a C for Colette and one with an S that sh- he, she's like, oh, it's a letter from, from your wolf because there's a whole thing about how Marcus is a wolf. And because Marcus's name isn't Marcus, it's... Marcus Stern, but it's actually Soren. Ah, she discovered his real name. I it like was presented in such a way that it seemed like a big deal, but it didn't actually feel like a big deal. Um, and she's like, w- the envelope for Colette says whether or not you're the father, and the envelope for Soren is a letter from him. You have to pick one, and the other one I am burning. 
You have 30 seconds, go. And then, of course, he doesn't know, how could you make me choose? Nah. But then he picks to find out whether or not he's the father of Colette's child. Um, so then she burns the letter from Soren right away, and he opens the envelope, and inside of it is a white feather. And it's like, what? And she's like, all the pillows here are stuffed with feathers. She wasn't pregnant. Well, she says she wasn't pregnant. She had a pillow under her nightgown so to look like pregnant. So it looked like she was pregnant. Because... Then Madame, he was like, why would you do this to me? And Madame was like, you chose someone over Soren for the first time since you met Soren. Isn't that what you wanted? Isn't that what you came here for? And he's like, but someone who doesn't exist. And she's like, that doesn't matter. And then also, there was no letter from Soren. Colette may or may not have been pregnant. We don't know. Yeah. So that that scene to me was great because there was actual intrigue. Yeah, yeah. And like actual mind games. Yeah, and it actually hurt him. Like, this was yeah, painful. Yeah, there was... She's like, he collapses, and it says that he felt nauseous. And she's like, if you're throwing up, do it on the hardwood floor, not on my nice carpet, kind of thing. Um, and then it... And then it, and then he feels better. Like, he, he feels him, free. It gives him the courage to just fucking call to see if... Marcus Soren wants to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, he calls the school where he teaches, and then they're like, he's not here, do you want to pass on a message? And he says, no, I'm okay. And then I was like, great, he's free, that's the end of the book. No, cut to, there's an epilogue, they're back together. It's oh, they've so had babies. Dumb. They have this really lovely relationship that made, uh, made no sense. I hated it. I didn't like it either. I wish that last chapter weren't there. No, I do too. Ugh. Because like Soren was a completely different person. He seemed really nice. Yeah, and, and it said any any ice that had been in his heart had melted. And he was still like, it was still a dumb sub relationship, but he wasn't cruel. Yeah, uh, and I would say things that uh, things that uh, disappointed things I liked about this book was the sex. Mm-hmm, I thought the sex mm-hmm. was fun and good and comforting and nice. There was lots of aftercare. So yes. much aftercare. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And after that big old flogging scene, like, she was super mm-hmm. nice to him. And he's like, oh, I remember. That's kind of why I like the beatings part. Because yeah, this is Yeah, like, pleasant. she sponged his back. And... Yeah. Um, and even after, like, she brutalizes his mind, she's even like, okay, just, you know, be okay. Are you okay? You should probably she talk to a therapist. To, she, <laughs> she invites him to stay. Yeah. She's like, I want you to stay and be part of my family. Yeah, but if you also choose not to, then it's forever right. not. Like, you right. can't ever come back. You, you can't come back. Also, you, if, if you stay and Soren tries to contact you, I'm never going to tell you. It's either us or him. Right. And so the the thing is, the reason why he chooses not to stay is pretty much because he wants to leave the Soren possibility open, mm-hmm. which means that whole like mind fuck thing was pretty much for nothing right there. Yeah. Like right away, you know, it's for nothing. Like I almost wish he chose to be free because he preferred freedom, which is true. Right. When he when he when they he said, didn't want to be a servant. Do you want to pass on a message to, to Soren? And he said, no, no message. And he hangs up the phone and he walks away. And it's like. Great. It worked. Like, yeah. this is what this book was for. This is this exploration of, like, therapy through BDSM and sexuality, which I don't necessarily recommend. No, but no, it no, worked no, no, for no. him in this instance. But then it didn't, because but at the very end, he's back together with Soren. And it, it just seemed useless. I would also it's, say, like, uh, one, he... Okay, as much... 
Like, I don't want him to be obliterated the way O was obliterated. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to say he was also never humiliated. He was never brought down. He was never brought low. He was never never actually servile to any woman in this book. No, it was like, eat me out. And he's like, yeah, great. I want to. I would have anyway if you hadn't said it. Which is perfectly fine. Which is perfectly... But But again, like, he never had to... Like, he cleaned up his own messes. He never had to, like serve food to somebody like the other men in the house like the other men in the all the women served him like even like in the end the things like the things that he needed which was to be separated from soren or to be free from that memory all the women were doing what they were doing in service to that right which was his need none of he fulfilled none of their needs except maybe a little bit the pegging stuff which she could have done to any dude yeah and maybe a little bit of the beating stuff which she could have done to any dude yeah so i didn't feel like um i didn't feel like he was fulfilling something in that relationship Mm -hmm. i forgot to mention too the big reveal at the end (laughs) because my notes are useless his colonel is madame's husband that she kicked out of the house and it turns out that he married her a couple days before they got married. He gave her Story of O to read. And her first night there, he took her into the dungeon and was like, okay, the safe word is looking glass. If you are in pain or uncomfortable, say looking glass. And then he proceeded to have, like, hardcore sex with her. Uh, yeah, but crazy sadomasochist hardcore sex. And didn't realize until after the fact that she... And she never said the safe word and didn't realize until after the fact that he had, like, injured her because he... The the lights were low. He didn't find out until after the fact that he had fucked her until she bled. And he was like, she didn't... She didn't say, and I feel really bad about that. But, like, in the moment, I wasn't aware. And then, like, a right. couple years and, later, well, she staged this coup. Right, and Kingsley calls him out on it. It's like... Yeah, uh, her mom handed her over to you and mm-hmm. said, do whatever he says. So, like, uh, she was never going to say that magic word. Mm-hmm. And she spent her whole life saying that magic word afterwards. Yeah, because that's the password now and she does it to ton of... And they're still in love with each other, Madame and the Colonel. They're still in love with each other. And King- at one point, Kingsley was like, why do you, um, like keep tabs on her and like why why do you still worry about her and like rise to her challenges and he's like well it's the you game. can't you to win you have to play the game mm-hmm. and if if I shut her down or whatever or like rid myself of her then I'll never see her or ever apologize. again or apologize yeah so I, it was interesting I and mean, it was kind of icky but it was interesting it was I mean there's a lot of stuff in it I really liked um, and a lot mm-hmm. of stuff I really didn't I'd like to read it. Also, it was too talky for me. Mm-hmm. I was, oh, the dialogue. There was so much dialogue. I was like, just shut up. Just shut up. Just show me these things. Why are you telling me these things? Stop telling. Show, show, show. They told the whole book. I they was did. so upset. Can I read a passage? Yes, please. Something that I found interesting when Madame and uh, Kingsley were talking about Soren and their relationship and like. What it means to be a sadist. And Madame has this line that's like, it's terrible being a sadist in love. Because then you have to be 
you have to confront yourself or something like that. Anyway, so she's talking to Kingsley about Soren. She says, he tied you up to tell you he never wanted you to leave him. He bit you because you were the food to his soul. He struck you to mark you as his possession, as a valuable he would want returned to him if lost or stolen. That's why you miss it, Kingley. Kingsley, that's why you miss the pain, because every time he hurt you, he was trying to tell you in the only way he could how much he loved you. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting. Like, it, is a, it was a interesting exploration of, like, I, I'm not doing this because it's fun or sexy. It's like, this is how I know to express the things that I'm feeling and, like... I think I totally would have found that interesting as well if I hadn't also learned that his sister had committed suicide over this relationship, and we only talk about that in one sentence. Yeah. He also was not a great person. No, he really wasn't, which I also (laughs) kind of hoped, like, some of the beatings would make him a better person. (laughs) But it was was super consenty. It was super consenty. There's lots of consent. Uh, there's lots of that kind of stuff, which was great. Um, cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Let's play Fuck Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. Great. Do you want to go first? Or should I go first? I I think I went first last time. Okay. So I'll go, go first. first. Okay. I give you permission. Thank you. Do you give me permission, or do you order it of me? Oh. Ooh, who am I in this relationship? That is the mm, question. I, it changes by the minute. <laughs> okay, Claire. Yeah. Fuck, Mary, kill. Kingsley. Uh-huh. O. Uh-huh. And Natalie. Ooh. Our willing subs. Ooh. Hmm. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I am going to... Mary Kingsley. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because I okay. think that sex is going to be great forever. Yeah, and he wants a family. Oh, he's super... He wants a family yeah, he wants kids. a family and kids. He wants to settle down. But also, like, he seems like a real good fuck. Oh, yeah. Like, not only does he listen, but he's also got good ideas of his own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. He's adventurous, but, you know, he's also... He's willing to do vanilla if we're up for it. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, Sounds yeah, yeah. great. Um, Yeah, I'd marry him. Okay. Um, also, he's a spy. He's a spy. He can kill people. Sounds mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to kill Natalie. Okay. Because she was real annoying in the book. She, she kind of was. She, like... Okay, this is what I imagine the scene being. Like, she walked in on O and saw O's um, (laughs) jewelry dangling from her labia. And I almost imagine it clacking a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she was getting out of the tub, right? (laughs) Right. So it's, like, clinging on the porcelain. And and she was like, I want some of that. And I'm like, oh, why? (laughs) I mean, I guess. But but immediately she was like, hey, 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 hey. I want that. Let's do that. What's this? Can I ask more questions? What's going on? I've I'm seen like, you oh. fuck my sister. I want you to fuck me. Yeah, it's too much. And it was like, oh, no, 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 no. Annoying and creepy. And I'm done with it. So I'm going to kill her, which means I'm going to fuck O. And I honestly think, again, she's also um, got some good ideas and up right. for anything. Because if you two fuck, she'll be in charge. Fact. Yeah. Because I'm prettier than her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently... Um, what she's into is you just lie there and she does everything to you. Yeah. That's what she likes to do with ladies. Yeah. So, and I could be into that. Great. It's, (laughs) you know, 
It's a good night. Just kind of relax. Okay. All right. Um, I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Do it. Sorry. I think I would do the same. I think I was I was going to marry O originally, but your arguments have changed my mind. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't want kids, so Kingsley and I would have to have that conversation. Oh, that'd be a tough one. Um, but if you're in charge. <laughs> so that's the danger of the Dom's relationship. <laughs> Uh, there were, in, in researching books to read for this episode, um, there, there were a couple that looked good. I found a, um, what is it? Sane, caring, consensual BDSM romance novel list. Mm -hmm. There there were a couple books on there that looked interesting, but they, frankly, they were too long. Um, but one of them was about two people who, I think the parlance is switchers. So they trade off being dumb and sub. Hmm. That I could get into. Like, I don't want to do either all the time. I think Kingsley could also get into that. Yeah, and he does. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to marry Kingsley. Great. Um, then I can have French citizenship. We would need to not live in that apartment, though. Even though I like his, his, uh, the landlady. Who's like, I oh, fucked all the patents, boys. It's fine. Um... And then I would also fuck out. I feel like all those chains and talismans would get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And then I'd also kill Natalie. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because there's Stephen like, butt stuff, so he wasn't ever going to That's right. He wasn't worried about the vagine at all. Yeah. God, that scene where he fucked her the first time, and then, like, when his semen came out of her and it was tinged red and he's like yeah that's what's gonna happen until you are loose enough to take my giant dick mm. and he didn't seem to care no that she was in pain at all and it and there was no aftercare sad no gentle moments at all <sighs> goodness <laughs> christine's face oh. this whole episode christine has been making the best faces <laughs> <laughs> okay so Fuck, marry, kill. Uh-huh. Uh, magic snow dream. Okay. Where it doesn't seem like the snow is cold, but it is cold, but in that way when you like things that are cold. Yeah. Magic, Which is me. Right. Because I'm hot all the time. Magic snow dream. Okay. Um, O's apartment that overlooks the sand. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. Or the chateau. But, like, from the chateau, not from... The story of O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Madame Chateau. Madame Chateau. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm going to marry O's apartment. It was such a cool apartment. It was great. And, was like, like, even just, three like... Bedroom. Three bedrooms. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was like, like, two bedrooms and a study, and yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. bedrooms is mostly just a closet. Yeah, and it's, like, like... Because <laughs> Renee was a clothes horse. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, like, the study was yellow, and, like, again, the, the imagery in that book was so wonderful that it just, like, felt so... And it was, it was one of those, like, Garrett apartments, which, like, to me, like, I just want to live in a Garrett apartment oh, yeah. in Paris. Like, that's, it sounds amazing. And it overlooks the Seine, and... Oh, God. Okay, so I'm gonna marry that. Um, I'm going to fuck Madame's Chateau. Uh-huh. Can I, like, do it over a long weekend? Oh, yeah. Because that's, like... 
No, you need, I wouldn't want to be a, I wouldn't want it to be a time, one night And that's kind of the best thing about the BDSM stuff we've been reading. Like it takes time. Yeah. There is no like in and out with this. Yeah. That is I think why all these books are so long, except for the two we've read. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Is because a BDSM sex night is all night. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of stuff that has to happen. Mm -hmm. It's not like most of our romance novels, which is like in and out and done. Yeah. Except for the lumberjack boss, and that one took all night, but it yeah. was gross because he left the condom on. Because he left the condom on. Unlike the, that fireman who was like, two pumps were done. Ugh, two pumps were done. It's like a thing of method dish soap. Um. <laughs> method man. Uh, <laughs> um, and then I would kill the winter dreams because I feel like those sections could have been better written. Agreed. Agreed. They absolutely could have been better written. We'll also say they were kind of emo-fantastic that I'm into. Yeah, like a chessboard made of ice. Yeah, and then there was a one... door that's magic that you walk around. There was that... one point where it was a summer forest and Marcus was in all black instead of all white. Mm -hmm. And I... I get it, but of the three... I can do without. I think I feel exactly the same yeah. way. Like, I mean, there's something about the winter forest that I really like. Uh, and yeah. that does have, like, a sexiness to it. But for the most part, I mean, that apartment looking over the scent. Oh, my God. It just sounded so wonderful. Yeah. Oh, there is one part of, oh, I wanted to talk about. Uh, when she goes to um, Amory's, mm -hmm. and this is after she's pretty much been, uh, oh, has been given to Sir Stephen. Yeah. She, they, they ask her to undress. They're going to investigate her. And O has on a garter belt that holds up her stockings. Mm -hmm. And, and Amory's like, oh, God, we have to get rid of those. I mean, they give you little, like, marks on your legs where the garters hit you. That's terrible. Why would you wear that? And Sir Stephen's like, I think Renee likes it. And and Amory's like, oh, we'll teach him better. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you can almost feel it because, oh, like, somebody already said that to O. Mm -hmm. Or something it's like, oh, those garters will give you marks on your legs. Well, Why would you like someone that? Else say it to right? someone and else. Right, and O was already yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to wear these. It was so great. Like, so <laughs> Somebody else was like, oh, that's dumb. Renee is dumb. Renee is, he doesn't know what the <laughs> fuck he's doing. I really appreciated the hell out of that, because I felt the same way. <laughs> I don't know what Renee's doing. He's kind of... He, yeah. He was no good. He was no good. No, I mean, it was difficult. Anyway. Okay. Um, the books. The books. Hmm. I'd fuck both of them. I feel like I have fucked both of them. Yeah. I've been fucked by them. Yeah. But the, both of them had things that I felt that redeemed them enough yeah. that I would fuck them. Um, like, we, we keep talking about the imagery and the language in Story of O. It's just wonderful. Um, but then, like, oh, parts of it are a little hard to read. Um, and then in the Chateau, I wish, I wish that there were, that there was more intrigue. Mm -hmm. There was hardly any, but at the same time, the book is like society's villainizing the chateau because it's like a BDSM relationship or BDSM community where women are in charge, and they it turns out that they aren't villains at all. Yeah, which is great, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like I wish it had turned out that there were like certain women at the chateau. It was like a splinter group or a secret group within the secret group kind of thing that were doing something. That were doing intriguey things. Yeah. Um, 
I wish Something there was like a little bit a... more danger in the chateau. It right. felt like it was a very safe place, really. Right. Which was kind of the point. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, he went there for intrigue. The intrigue resolved halfway through. And then the latter half of the book was about him resolving his feelings. Which was interesting, but I feel like there could have been more intrigue and then also him resolving his feelings at the same time. Right. And I wish that Soren Marcus had been worth resolving feelings for. Yeah, I never he... felt... I never felt like there was a reason why I wanted that relationship yeah. resolved. I wanted our man to be free. It might make sense if we read the rest of the series. Yeah. But th- this little glimpse of it didn't help. Anyway, but yeah, I'd fuck both of them. I actually am interested in reading more from Tiffany Ray's. Yeah, same. So. Yeah. No, I thought this was definitely worth reading. Yeah. I had a good time. And I'm glad I did. Okay. And then of all the characters... Um, of all the characters, gosh, um, Polly, Polly was great. Polly was She was super fun. She was, like, very funny. She seemed like a really great lover. Mm -hmm. I would, I mean, I wouldn't want to marry her because she doesn't want to be tied down. Right. So. And you aren't allowed to at the chateau. Not allowed to pair off anyway. So if I, you do, you have to leave. Right. And I wouldn't want to make her leave that. So I would say like I fuck Polly. She's great. Mm-hmm. Um uh Mary, I'm I guess I'm going to stick with Kingsley cuz he seemed to be the only one who wanted that mm-hmm. and like also again all the same stuff I already said about him. I mean, he's a dick, but of all the characters in this book he's the only one i'd actually want to spend a significant amount of time with mm-hmm. also i like that he doesn't even though he's a spy he doesn't play mind games which is weird right and if, yeah I, he I all get, of your intriguey points are yeah, still coming back yeah like, yeah, like yeah. It's so many out of character he things. almost seems like more of an assassin because they keep talking about how he's killed a yeah bunch of people. yeah but still i feel like mind games anyway yeah so I wish anyway had been more mind games. he's the only one i would marry Ugh, so many people to kill. <laughs> um, you know, I'm gonna kill Renee. Okay. Uh, all of the story of O is his fault. I bet she could have run into somebody who was a much nicer Dom. Yeah. Who could have treated her both without the humanity she so de- desired, obliterate her as a human being, but also take care of her wounds. Yeah. Yeah, like, if. She and Kingsley got together. Mm-hmm. It w- or she and Madame got together. If she and Madame got together. That would have been... Ooh. I'd read that book. Fuck yeah, I'd read that book. Somebody ooh, write that. Somebody please. write that. Oh. Absolutely, 100%. Get on mm. that. Mm-mm-mm. Madame prefers that. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, I would... Also, fuck Polly. Mm-hmm. She was great. Oh, she was so great. She was delightful. Um, uh, I would also marry Kingsley. And then I would kill Sir Stephen. Because I feel like if it weren't for Sir Stephen, Owen and Renee would have stayed together and they would have been happy. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. And she wouldn't have been... Um, uh, incentivized to like recruit Jacqueline yeah. against her will. Like we find out pretty soon on that Jacqueline's not into it. Um, not at so, all. She thinks this is dumb. Yeah, because there's a point where Jacqueline moves in with O, 
and then we find out is sleeping with both O and Renee. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's just like, whatever. Um, but I feel like if Sir Stephen hadn't been there, then like things would have been fine. Yeah, also, like, I think one of the most disturbing scenes, not one of the most, but a disturbing scene from the story of, oh, Sir Stephen kind of takes her to two dudes that are his friends, and they fuck her at this restaurant. Um, And one of them is a young guy, Mm -hmm. and the young guy kind of falls in love with her. Yeah. And says, like, oh, I want, I want, oh, for my own. Mm -hmm. And they, they fuck with him. Like, oh, and Sir Stephen fuck with that guy. Yeah. And that kid gets so pissed off that when O eventually does go back to the chateau, um, he pretty much just rapes her for three days. Yeah. And that was, like, real disturbing. Yeah. Like, anyway. So, yeah. Anyway. So those, that was that. That was that. Okay. Let's let's take a breath. <sighs> okay. Let's do, some, lot. let's do some mutual self-care after this. Yes. Okay. What um, are we reading next time, Claire? And Christine, guess with me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. All right. Oh, what my the, goodness. What okay. The... Um, all right. Okay. The first one is called The Missing Duke, parentheses, The Heart of a Hero, book nine. Oh, Claire. And this, is, uh, this was written by Heather King. Uh, okay. And I, it lo- I, in the description, it says this is a standalone. Okay, great. Like, so you don't have to have read the other ones okay. to know what's going on. So it's like our first episode where each book is about a different Ravenel. Right. Okay. Um, and then the other book is Love for the Cold-Blooded or The Part-Time Evil Minion's Guide to Accidentally Dating a Superhero. So, Christine, tell me... What do you think the theme is? Is it um, vampires who are also somehow knights? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you got that, but I would read those books. <laughs> is it supervillains? It is superheroes. Ah! You're so good at this. I've become a master now. Um, I have. Just to give you a little bit of a hint. Mm-hmm. So here's the first sentence for the missing Duke, the heart of a hero. When his father dies, Lord Adam Batman refuses <laughs> to succeed to the dukedom, which rightly belongs to his missing elder brother. <laughs> Adam Batman! <laughs> He's Lord Batman! (laughs) Oh, great. Um, Oh, I need to fan myself now. And then the first sentence of the other one is, being related to a supervillain isn't a big deal to Pat West. What? They're both Adam West. Yes! Batman is gonna... Oh, oh my geez. god. Okay. Um, well, that's exciting. Yeah, and uh, earlier I told you I picked the books, and you're like, how long are they? And I was like, they're 300 pages, but you're gonna love it anyway. No, 300 pages is fine. And that's where we are. Great. Oh, God, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm also, like, Lord Adam Batman. Like, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. Oh, man. Oh, geez, the cover's fun. 
Yeah, it is. They're in a hot air balloon. Yeah, it's and they are not in modern day. No, clothes. it's oldie timey. Why is there a Lord Batman in the like 1700s? Yeah, that is the question, isn't it? So, jeez. Okay. Oh, oh, such fun we're going to have. All right, so that's it for us. Yeah. Um, I guess a couple last things. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell all your lovers. Tell your dom. Tell your sub. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You have our permission. Yeah. Um, and I'd also, I guess, like to remember... Send us your things again if Send I haven't already said it. Books. I'm sure I did. We want to read your books. And um, lastly, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Claire. This has been lovely. This has been f- it's it's been a learning experience. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, authors. Thank you very much, authors. I mean, one of you is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Christine. Not dead. Not dead. Christine was not. <gasps> She's a ghost. Not yet. Oh. <laughs> right. Well, we can't write a ghostly romance novel about you. Uh, thank you, listeners. Thank you so much. Uh, all right. Uh, that's it. That's it. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.